My name is David Frainer, and I'm here with Audrey Mason for the second part of our show, as they used to say on uh, the Car Guys, the third half of our show, <laughs> <laughs> to have a conversation about uh, the art and craft of storytelling um, and uh, the philosophy that underlies uh, your approach to storytelling. So um, it says in your bio that you've been a performing storyteller since 2010. And the, so my first question to you, Audrey, is mm -hmm. what exactly made you decide to become, as you describe yourself, a performing storyteller? Was there some particular event or was it sudden or gradual or? Well, it's a, it's a funny thing because I had several years before um, my husband and I had gone, we just wandered into a library they were having in some sort of open house or whatever. And there was a storyteller performing and his, his name was Learning Vernon. And um, he was a lot of fun, and he was very high energy, and and you know just really got the crowd going and stuff. And um, we we and he kept mentioning Moose and and, um, and you know this main organization of storytelling enthusiasts, and and um, I just thought it was really a lot of fun. And I said to my husband afterwards, you know, I I think I would like storytelling. I'd like to do that. And he said, I think you'd be good at it. And that got kind of filed away for like about five years, and then. I've been doing, I've been in a meditation group and I, I had been meeting with them regularly and I said to them one time, I, I, I just felt like I don't know what I'm, I need to do. I need to, this has been fantastic, but I need to make space for something. I don't know what it is, but I need to make space for something. Hmm. And um, so I said, you know, thank you very much, um, but that's, I'm just going to go do that. And even as I was driving home from that event, I thought of learning Vernon and of storytelling, and I thought, that's it. I want to do storytelling. Uh, and uh, I really lucked out because I went and Googled, since Moose was mentioned, I was able to find it, and there was uh, something right on the webpage saying, see us at Sharing the Fire, which is a, a, a New England group of storytellers get together um, once a year, and I joined, <laughs> I joined Lanes, which is now called Nest, um, and went to a storytelling convention before I ever told a story. Wow. Yeah, so it was like uh, I just kind of dove in the whole hog. You just sort of fell into place. Yep. It was yep. the right time for you the to right begin. Right time for me to do it, yes, yes. <clears throat> so what was your first story? How do you go about deciding on stories? The, the first <clears throat> story was called My Cousin Philippe. And, um, and it was about, uh, my, my, I have a lot of family stories, um, and this was about a cousin I never met, um, but that, in fact, um, when I first heard about him, the, my great aunt, who was talking about him, said, oh, you, you remember Cousin Philippe? And she said, I'll get a picture of Cousin Philippe. And she opened up a, a photo album and showed me a picture of a dead man in his coffin. And that was my first impression of Cousin oh Philippe. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> so, but then I found out what a wonderful, fascinating person he was, and he was so full of life and everything. So, so the rest of the story is about first this. This is my first impression of this person, but then what I learned in, about who he really was, and he was really, really lived a, a strong life. So, um, that was the song, and it, I, I, I still can't believe I did this. I even actually sang a naughty French song that I that cousin Philippe used to sing. Yes. <laughs> Did all that on stage, very first time, yep. So you must not be too nervous about speaking in public. 
Well, you know, I used to, years ago, I used to have to do presentations um, from my job, and I would be terrified to do them. And in fact, I remember one time I had to do one in front of a board, and I I was like, I can't stand up. I'm going to pass out if I stand up. So my boss, who was very experienced and very kind, said, I'm going to sit, because I said, I I just have to sit. It's the only way I'm going to do this. And she said, I'm going to sit. I'm going to present before you. I'm going to sit so that they will be used to seeing somebody else sitting so you won't look so weird. And, <laughs> and it was just such a kind thing to have done. And somehow that really helped me. And then one of the things I learned was that I don't like presenting. I don't like, like, here I am, I have all the facts. I like sharing. I like a conversation. And I think that's what I love about storytelling is that fourth wall. You're always, you're always brushing it aside. And, in, and, and talking to the audience directly and interacting. And um, when you're at your best as a storyteller, you're actually slightly adjusting your story based on the what read of the crowd. You know, so you actually slight, just slightly adjust it. Um, or in some cases say, maybe uh, that particular story is not for this, for this crowd. But you know, that moment, that interchange between teller and, and audience is is just a very powerful thing, and that's what I love best about storytelling. I know exactly what you're talking Mm -hmm. about, because I think one of the uh, reactions that I have or thoughts that I have is that when we're here doing True Tales Live, Mm -hmm. the audience is always with you. It's always with us. You know, it's it's not like Miss Brista in 10th grade uh, speech (laughs) class saying, well, David, that was a C minus. <laughs> it's not that at all. And uh, I, I mean, I think it's still seasoned storytellers can get nervous yes. and can get anxious mm-hmm. because we want it to go well and yeah. want it to be beautiful. You've got to be a little nervous. Yeah, you have you, to be. Yeah, yeah. But that said, the audience is with you. Yes. And I think that sounds like you've experienced that. Yeah, right and it's, away. A, it's a wonderful feeling to, to get. Yeah. I, I think that one of the things that I've learned to do. Um, to get comfortable is to come on strong. Start with a really strong. If you if you start strong and you end strong, even if you goof up some things in in the middle, it Amen. doesn't matter. Nobody remembers the little dumb things in the middle. But if but if you trip at the end or if you trip at the beginning, that's where they're most alert. So, yeah, that's that's what I definitely have learned as well. I'm smiling and looking mm-hmm. at Pat because Pat and Amy Antonucci and I run mm-hmm. a workshop. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we go over and over again is <laughs> nail the beginning, yep. nail the ending, yep. and you can mess around in the middle a little bit. Right, Pat? That's right, David. <laughs> and, and nobody knows those are facts, so make them up if, if you forget. <laughs> right. It's storytelling, it's story so there's telling. room yeah. for... Yes. Now, you say most of your stories are family-related, is that right? Yeah, I, I've done a lot of family-related stories. Um, I do occasionally perform stories um, that are, are not original to me. Um, I recently been on a kick. I, I love Sarah Orne Jewett. Uh, she's, she's a local writer, and I... Um, I think she's a treasure that we somehow have, have lost track of. Um, she tells sweet little stories. Um, and one of the things I've been doing lately is taking her written stories and finding a way to perform them. So I, I, I turn them into Audrey stories. It's not, I'm not, you know, I might use a line or two from her, but I take that content and I'm still trying to keep that spirit that she has. So. Um, so I do that and um, I, I actually have tell uh, the told story, story how much land does a man need? 
So there's, there's a couple ones that I do outside, but most of them are my family stories, yeah. And my family is storytellers. I'm, I'm from a family of, of sit around the kitchen. I was wondering about yeah, that. Yeah. It, either you're playing the spoons and singing and, and dancing with your feet, or, uh, or you're telling stories, or some combination of the two. <laughs> <laughs> when you, how do you go about putting a story together? When you're working on developing a story, do you write out a text? Do you just wing it? Uh, do you practice in front of a mirror or all of the above or none of the above? Or do you do it different? Is it different depending on the nature of the story you're working up? You know, I usually have a story that's like floating around in my head for quite a while. And I will have key phrases that I, I'll just kind of say to myself as I'm driving. Um, but when I do go to settle down and be ready, um, I think a couple of people notice I, I, I use PowerPoint. <laughs> and I, I have little titles that nobody ever sees the title of, e of each slide. And then I have key things that I want to remember to say. So again, you know, my beginning and my ending pieces, I have very specific things I want to say. And then there's just hints to myself um, in a lot of it as well. Um, so, but I'm definitely, I have seen storytellers that can perform and do exactly the same wording um, and present exactly the same way. I mean, I, I know storytellers who can actually, uh, for example, a woman who performs Edgar Allan Poe's stories, she has to get the words exactly right, you know? That's a real Otherwise skill. it's not Poe. Right. right, otherwise it's not Poe, right. Um, so, but for me, I, I'm doing the give and take, and I'm also forgiving myself because sometimes I will slightly, I'll the story will get altered because I, I missed a step, and then I realize it, and, and then I just try to weave it back in at a later point so that people get the message, you know, um, because I, you know, I may have introduced, forgot to introduce a character, for example. I'll, I'll find a way to try to sneak them in later if I can, um, as gracefully as possible. So, <laughs> but yeah, I would say because my style is very conversational storytelling, um, and so I don't want to uh, over perform and you know be over rehearsed kind of feeling. Um, Understood. I don't. There's nothing. There's no such thing as being over rehearsed. I just don't want to look over rehearsed. I should. I should say. You know. I, I want to make sure that I still have that. That moment. That sense of being in the moment. Yeah, I, I, I sort of relate to that by way of poetry, which is another interest of mine. Mm. There are some excellent poets mm. who can't read their own stuff. Yes. 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 And I think the same might be true to to some degree with storytelling that you mm. can. Sort of, I don't know if overdevelop a story is the word exactly, yeah. but something like that. I think sometimes the individual mm -hmm. words become too precious. It's, it's not literature. I mean, it, it's it's a sister to literature, and it, at at its best, it's doing the same thing as literature. But but that preciousness of individual words and individual sentences is is just not the same. Yep. And you yep. also have to be much more direct. Um, like t in tonight's story, that the, the Beautiful black bat wing kite. Um, Say that five times. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that would be a good example of practicing. <laughs> you want to make sure you get that down. But I used to tell that story and not say at the end that it's death, that they, that, that the kite that they're wrapping themselves around. And most people got it, but why? Why leave your, your, your right. you know, you want right. to help your audience, and, and, and they don't have the luxury of going back and rereading it and saying, wait a second, wait. Now, what did, 
what are they attaching themselves to the kite? Where are they going? You know, you can do that in, in a written tale, but you can't in uh, in storytelling. So you you kind of have to give them more hints, um, be a little bit more direct than you would in 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 written form. My background is in the Unitarian Universalist ministry, and one ah, of the things they teach you yeah. in theological school is that old saying about tell them what you're going to tell them, tell them, and tell them what you told them. Mm -hmm. And you do sometimes the, the close has to pull it all together. Yeah. <clears throat> People are often, I find, sort of thinking ahead, like mm -hmm. where does what's the implication of this part of the story? Where is she going to go with that? Mm -hmm. What does he have in mind? So they're coming to their own conclusions, but it still helps yeah. to nail the close. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't yeah. agree more. And you want to give them more hint, something to anticipate too. Yeah. Now you've heard Amy Antonucci say, mm -hmm. as she says every evening, that our, part of what we're when we do storytelling, mm -hmm. True Tales Live, is to encourage us building a sense of community, mm -hmm. and that's part of our underlying philosophy. Do you have a particular philosophy of storytelling, or something that informs yeah. your approach in a sort of an overarching way? Well. Years ago, um, I read, uh, I, I, I've read a lot of literature, and I read one review of, 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 of something, and it was talking about going from the specific to the general, and that if you can really, if you can start with a very, very real, specific moment, then you can become universal with it. Um, some writers start with a universal and work their way out. I start with a specific, and but my stories at best, at, at, at the least, they're amusing light stories about what happened in Audrey's life. Um, but at the best, they are actually, you were able to recognize something yourselves in them, uh, of yourself or of others around you. And yeah, so that would be, that would be my philosophy. We have about a minute or so left. <clears throat> Um, if you had three or four tips you could mm -hmm. give, mm -hmm. maybe especially newbies, but mm -hmm. we can also all use coaching, mm -hmm. what would you say would be an important thing for people to be mindful of? Well, I already spoke about, you know, punching that, the, the beginning and the Amen. end and, and not in, you know, everything else just become uh, something that Michael Parant said to me uh, one time is because I used to pace a lot. Um, and he said to me, Audrey, we love your energy, but we're, we're worried for you. You're, you're pacing so much, we think you're going to fall off, or you just look yeah, really no edgy. You know, you, you don't want your audience worried about you. You want your audience with you, not worried about you. And, um, and so that really helped me to think about that. And one of the things, I didn't, I didn't have to do it tonight, but sometimes if I'm really feeling edgy, I'll wrap my foot around a stool. So like we had a stool here. Um, if I think I'm going to pace, I'll just wrap my foot around a stool to, to stop myself from that pacing. So that's something that's specific to me, but I'm sure other storytellers might have it too. Well, this brings us to the end of our conversation with Audrey Mason. Thank you so much for being here for Thank your you. story and for our conversation. <clears throat> and it brings us to the end of our broadcast. Our thanks to the entire PPM TV crew for making this possible. Thanks also to each of our tellers and thanks to you, our audience, live broadcast and online, I do believe, we all believe, that storytelling helps to build community, but it takes a village of listeners to enable stories to come to life, and so we are very thankful for your presence here. 
Our next show is Tuesday, October 30th. Our theme is It Could Have Been Worse. <laughs> if you're considering telling a story in October or any time, we encourage you to come to one of our storytelling workshops. Our next one is Tuesday, October 2nd from 7.20 p.m. So we can start at 7.30 to 9 p.m. All our workshops are free and open to the public. To sign up to tell a story, True Tales Live, the number one, at gmail.com. My name is David Frainer for our entire True Tales Live cast and crew. Thank you so much, and good night. Thank you.